Welcome to the inaugural episode of Joshi Joshi, the world's best and only Joshi podcast, covering all the current scene in modern Japanese women's wrestling. I will be your co-host, Justin, and I am joined by Tom. Say hello, Tom. Hi. <laughs> Hi. Very nice to meet you all. That's right. Uh, so, I suppose for the first episode, we should have a feel of who we are and what we want the show to do. So, I suppose I'll start since I'm already talking anyway. Uh, so, I got into Joshi the very first time in the late 90s. The date is lost to history, but it was a result of tape trading, which was the pro wrestling uh, hardcore fan culture of the time, I suppose, and of always having heard of Manami Toyota. So I got a best of Manami Toyota and was immediately in love and bought as much Joshi as I could. Uh, best ofs of Manami Toyota, Akira Hokuto, um, Aja Kong, uh, of different pay-per-views, both, uh, Wrestle or both Dream Slams, uh, the WrestleMania pad, Big Egg Wrestling Universe, uh, the standard, what I think a lot of us watched at that time that were around. Um, and I loved it. And I slowly got out of it, uh, really when most people did, I suppose, since it fell out of a boom. I fell with it. I wasn't much of a fan in the 2000s, uh, which results in the fact that I really only know Kana from, or Asuka from her WWE work outside of what I've gone back to see. I wasn't aware of her when she was actually active in Japan because I wasn't watching Joshi. What got me back into Joshi was similar to Manami Toyota, except this time it was the hype around Io Shirai and... I didn't have to trade for low-quality VHS tapes anymore, but I could find it all online, and I did, and I it was the exact same effect that Manami Toyota had on me uh, 15 years before. Um, and ever since, I've jumped back in feet first, watch as much as I can, primarily stardom, but uh, I've probably seen a show or more from everybody at this point uh just because i love it it's overtaken all of my wrestling viewing really um i am here for the joshi and nothing else uh so that's me tom how did you get into joshi uh well uh quite late uh quite recently comparatively uh was a wrestling fan since about 2000 was a in uh, a snobby indie fan since about 2002 when i bought the first roh show on vhs um but it wasn't until uh last year uh after the may young classic when i sort of i i was left hanging a bit by the end of that tournament wanting to see a bit more and uh uh you yourself hooked me up with stardom world uh i gave it a watch I immediately, uh, you know, fell, you know, head over heels for uh, the promos and style of Chris Wolf, um, as well as obviously how awesome most of the talent was. Yeah, I, I think um, a lot of I think Chris Wolf is a lot of people's gateway drug. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she is. Uh, she's easy to like. Mm. That's that's a huge thing when you're getting into new Joshi or, or new Japanese wrestling when there's when there's a language barrier for a lot of the talent, uh, 
you know, it's this. If you have someone to latch on to, and Chris Wolf is like a super charismatic and ideal for that, that's uh, that's a great inroad. Um, but uh, yeah, I've pretty much watched every single Stardom show since. Uh, I've travelled to Japan and watched a couple of Stardom shows. Uh, I also saw a Tokyo Joshi Pro live show. Um, you saw that. Yamashita win the title, right? I did uh, on the uh, 4th of uh, January uh, when obviously there were no other major wrestling shows. Right. right. <laughs> Nothing at all. Nothing, Nothing at all happening next door. <laughs> Not on that I, day. Went, I, I went to that as well. Uh, but um, uh, uh, b- before that, I was I was aware of um, a few talents. Uh, so Mako Satomura, uh, Cassandra Miyagi, because they had done various stints in Shikara. Uh, and I'd seen them uh, all live before uh, at King of Trios uh, earlier in the year as well. So, uh, and of course, uh, Mako Satomura is touring over here pretty regularly now uh, and <laughs> is a champion in a fairly decent-sized indie group. So. That's right. She's the Fight Club Pro heavyweight champion of the world. <laughs> yeah, wrestling people like Pete Dunne. Yes. <laughs> I have no idea what the what the WWE front office feels about that. I don't know. I guess they don't mind. They. I uh, guess they don't know. <laughs> yeah, or they're just not paying attention. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that uh, Trent Seven's promotion? It is. Yeah. It yeah. Is. yeah. So. Okay. Um. Uh, before we get into the meats and the subjects of our podcast, which are going to be hopefully many and varied, but also probably less so because we're a big Stardom fans. Um, I'd like to issue a sort of a uh, little bit of a mea culpa. Um, I th- I'm sure if you're a regular podcast listener like I am, one of the things that annoys you is people pretending to know what they're talking about, um, especially when you know more than they do. A little bit of a heads up, because Justin has had a fairly decent sized gap in his background of following Joshi, and I am pretty new to the game. There's stuff we're not going to know, and you know we're not going to try and pretend to know it. But this is going to be a learning experience, and hopefully, you know, uh, when we get stuff wrong, you'll let us know, and yep. we'll be able to learn from it and learn from a lot of you guys who I'm sure are more uh, in-depth and experienced fans than we are. But uh, we felt that we both had enough interest in this to carry this uh, this project and see where we could take it. Uh, and hopefully along the, along the course of it, we'll learn a little bit about all the modern promotions and learn a little bit about the history as well. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, we will get things wrong, and we apologize in advance. So, uh, mostly we'll be covering Modern Joshi, uh, Stardom, of course, Tokyo Joshi Pro, Sendai Girls, uh, Oz Academy, Wave, Marvelous, Ice Ribbon. Uh, and we will also be talking about uh, overseas projects that these women are engaged with. So, you know, if they're touring near us uh, or if they're doing something particularly interesting, like, say, uh, Ring of Honor women's title matches, uh, then we'll be open to talking about that as well. Um, you know, I've personally had the chance to see quite a few decent uh, women's wrestling shows and, uh, and Josie stars coming over uh, to the UK. Uh, that scene is only getting bigger. Uh, for example, um, my current plan is on the 5th of May to travel to York Hall, that's uh, RevPro's main location, to check out a show called Wrestle Queendom, uh, 
run by Pro Wrestling Eve. Uh, and the the card is is somewhat crazy. Uh, we have uh, Chris Wolf versus Ginny, who some of you might know from Progress. Uh, Kaylee Ray versus Mako Satomura, uh, both of whom uh, people would know from Stardom, uh, actually from the uh, from the Mae Young Classic as well. Kaylee Ray was featured, uh, and Mako Satomura from being one of the best wrestlers on the world, regardless of gender. It's going to be. <laughs> It's going to be a fantastic yeah. match. Uh, we've got Viper versus Aja Kong, which, I mean, <laughs> uh, that has that has a that has a slight touch of uh, Vader touring over here, to be honest. Uh, to a degree, I, I think it's going to be interesting uh, to see who sells first yeah, in that yeah. one. Uh, and a main event between Sammy Jane and Charlie Morgan. Uh, Sammy Jane is actually touring over with Sendai Girls at the moment. Uh, she is the champion, and Charlie Morgan is the super athletic and quite charismatic uh, ace of the promotion. So I am looking forward to that. Uh, it's being advertised as the biggest women's wrestling show in European history. So, yeah, that should be fun. It's going to be a really, really good show. I hope I get to see a vod of it. Unlike Tom, I live in a former wrestling hotbed of the mid-atlantic territories which no longer has any wrestling at all so i get the occasional nxt show but i absolutely will not get to see in person all the amazing things that tom does so we're going to rely on him for that yay i have i have a use (laughs) (laughs) okay so i guess we're not far from it now uh the cinderella tournament and we had a draft in stardom, really, that led into the, all this. Um, do you want to break down the new factions in stardom? Uh, yeah, sure. Uh, I mean, the draft basically arose from the fact that uh, Ode Tai had lost, uh, either through storylines or through happenstance, uh, some vital members. They were down to about three people, uh, Kagetsu, Hanakamura, and, and Sumir Natsu. Uh, so, uh, it was decreed that there would be a match to determine the draft order, and then there would be a draft in order to allow these, uh, the, the stables to replenish themselves, uh, and, you know, add some variation, because switching stables has been one of the ways in which a lot of these girls have really added to their character and changed it around, so... And also, there's a good degree of inspiration coming from Dragon Gate in uh, in Stardom these days. So, oh, yeah. certainly stylistically, if you look at someone like uh, Mayu Iwatani, she's hugely influenced by Dragon Gate. So, it's uh, the... Uh, I believe, uh, didn't she, on one of the Stardom World segments, uh, special video clips, I believe she said... The reason she got into wrestling was the Dragon Kid. Absolutely, that's pretty much what I was referencing. Yeah, uh, it's yeah. Uh, and and I, I love my story, and we'll get into that more at a future date uh, about how she was, you know, introverted, and wrestling was this huge outlet for her, and Dragon Gate in particular was influential in that. So, uh, but uh, yeah. Uh, so, at the moment, we have three primary stables, or kind of stables. Uh, that's Oedo Tai, uh, which is run by Kagetsu. 
uh, Queen's Quest run by Io Shirai, and Stardom Army, which is everyone else, uh, plus, plus <laughs> a couple of minor stables. So uh, you, you, you have you have Team Jungle within that, basically. Uh, and I guess functionally, you also at that point have um, the Foreigners as well, uh, which operates as sort of a fourth group at that uh, kind of. That group pretty much is now decimated and uh, split up between the various factions. So uh, let's just quickly run this down. Oedo Tai now consists of Kagetsu, Hanakimura, Sumir Natsu, who are all the three original members. Uh, Hazuki, who was formerly... Which is the the shocking pick for Yeah, who's uh, been nabbed from Queen's Quest. Uh, now Yamaguchi, who is a relatively, well, like, extremely fresh and new trainee. Uh, and Session Moth Martina, which is... <laughs> a te- who is surprisingly great yeah, in who, Stardom. Uh, who I've just seen her first match uh, on Stardom uh, World, and she got over like instantly so good for her yeah any worries that that gimmick wouldn't work in japan are completely yeah gone. She, and her her timing in her match and everything that, that there's a reason why they put her into her you know she is that energy that they lost when they lost chris so yeah yeah and i suppose uh now is the the hound that they lost when they lost chris <laughs> since uh Kagetsu is making her the the rule for all the new Oedo time members is that they have to do whatever they're told. So Hana and Kagetsu have been making now act like a dog from time to time. They tried uh, tried it with Hazuki, did not uh. work. But now is uh, all aboard doing whatever she's told, <laughs> and it's, it's been really entertaining. Really getting a vibe of uh, the same th- the same feel as uh, when uh, Tam Nakano joined from yeah. now at the moment, uh, and Hazuki, while she is more defiant, uh, has had to change her name to Hazuki, which is only confusing if you read it if you see it written out because she's had to change it from HZK to the kanji form. Yes. So, yeah. so and uh, and for English purposes. English purposes, she's had to change it from HZK to actually spelling out Hazuki. So. Yeah. Uh, on to Queen's Quest, Hazuki's former stable, run by Io Shirai. Uh, she also protected two of her initial members, so Azumi uh, and Momo Watanabe, uh, but was uh, unable to prevent Hazuki from being poached. Um, after that, she drafted... Uh, t- uh, two uh, British talents who have recently been working in stardom, uh, B. Priestley and Chardonnay, both of whom challenged for the white belt recently. Uh, she nabbed Konami, uh, who is uh, so almost criminally underused. Uh, yeah, that's a fantastic pickup. Um, not to divert too much, did you see the new gear she posted or that she has? No, I haven't yet. Uh, yeah. Is it still the Zack Ryder uh, one leg gimmick? No, she has neither leg now. However, uh, she does have a, a bit of a Sergeant Pepper's shoulder pad with tassels. 
<laughs> and it's it's a white and a gold theme, and in the gold there's leopard print in the gold, and it's but it's so minimal that you can't. I didn't even notice it until it was pointed <laughs> out to me. I I don't know. I I'm not, I don't think I'm making it sound great, but it is great. You've got to see it. Okay, I I, I feel like she's a shoulder pads type of person. I feel like there, there's a there's a lot of like old ring gear that she doesn't get to wear anymore that has ring jackets with shoulder pads in. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I don't know if I feel that way because I've seen it before somewhere, or it might just be because during the Jankin tournament she like came out as a um, Jankin tournament. By the way, is a rock paper scissors tournament, which they run for fun every year. Uh, we'll get into that. It's one of my favorite things. Uh, they do it in fancy dress, and Konami came out as a gang member one time in a massive jacket. <laughs> yeah, she's great. Yeah, it's great. good fun. And uh, Eo also for their sixth pick retained the services of Viper, who some will you, some of you will know from the uh, Mae Young Classic uh, as oh, Viper Niven. Yes, that's right. Gosh, I, I this is when I start to forget names. And Viper rhymes with Piper. How do they? Viper Piper. <laughs> yeah. So uh, that's the current six members of Queen's Quest. Um, and uh, it's worth noting that EO drafted the three English women in the hopes of creating a Queen's Quest Europe faction that can represent uh, Queen's Quest abroad. So we will see how successfully that is achieved. Um, and certainly with uh, depends on how much they're going to be touring in stardom each year. Um, I think Chardonnay is underrated. Uh, well, not underrated. She's she's good. Uh, after the initial adjustment period, I, th- I think she's like a a very Nigel McGuinness inspired wrestler. Uh, B Priestley, some of you might know as Will Osprey's girlfriend, but she was a wrestler even before that. So let's give her some, give her a little bit of credit. She started out in Stardom, and I was worried <laughs> uh, a little bit. Um, she didn't seem that smooth, but I think that she, whilst she's not exactly the most consistent performer, I think that she has got up to speed quite well. She has. I think she did a really good job in the tag team tournament, which was her beginnings in stardom. Uh, that team had fine matches. I liked her more than I liked Kelly Klein, who was her partner, um, the only hiccup for her would be the recent Io Shirai match, where she challenged for the white belt, the Wonder of Stardom title, and I chalk it up to nerves because I believe she looks up to Io quite a bit, and I think she was probably just nervous. But yeah, there were some blown, uh, there were some messed up moments <laughs> in that match uh, that that sort of took you out of the moment a bit, but. Uh, other than that, I think she's been very good, and Stardom likes her a lot. She doesn't lose much. She wins a lot, and uh, she gets featured to a decent degree. So if she wants to be in Stardom, I think she has a good future there. And I I, uh, I think I, I turned a corner on her a lot as well when I heard a podcast discussing her personal story, which is quite, um, you know, she's had a lot of personal challenges. She had a brain tumor, uh, which was mm. removed uh uh, which was threatening her life at one point. She had to stop wrestling training to get that dealt with. Uh, wow. So, you know, if you if you if you guys ever want to check that out, it's uh, Flash Morgan Webster, who's a Welsh indie wrestler over here, uh, does a regular podcast talking with um, his friends on the UK indie scene, 
And if you want to hear a solo interview with B Priestley, where she's not sort of slightly overruled by both uh, Will Ospreay and Chris Jericho, which is the only other interview I've heard with her, uh, then uh, that's a good source of information to check that out. Uh, I think you just sold me. I will check that out. I'd love to hear an interview here. And also, uh, Flash has also done some good interviews with uh, Piper Niven and a couple of other girls. So uh, it's it's rare that we get to hear these people uh, interviewed properly about their background. So it's uh, it's a nice source if you're an indie indie fan. Absolutely, especially for uh, independent women's wrestlers. That's not... uh... You don't often get in-depth interviews with them. I'm a big fan of Kaylee Ray. I would be interested to check his archives and see if he's in there. I'm sure know. he has at some point. He's done hundreds of episodes. So, oh wow, okay. uh, yeah, it's, okay. it's it's worth a look, especially when uh, he he had a uh, a shoulder injury that kept him out for a while. So it was a good project to keep him keep him uh, keep him in the game for a while. So, uh, gotcha. I, 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 gotcha. I, I well, really like well, uh, Flash Morgan Webster. He's a good guy. Ah, uh, that sounded on a personal level. Do you Not know especially, him? Not uh, especially. I'd seen him at dozens and dozens of shows before, uh, and then he went. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Then I saw him, uh, probably sometime last year at Pro Wrestling Chaos as the champion, and he was the first. It was the first time I'd seen him work heel, um, and he was absolutely the star of the show. Uh, personally, I, I, it's also because I think do it, basically doing a Liam Gallagher gimmick is the best heel gimmick of all time. <laughs> so. <laughs> I could see that working well, especially uh, in England. So, it, it's kind of like uh, when I f- the first time I saw Spud work heel, and I thought, this could never work. He's like £140, and it was fantastic. Uh, he had right. it's like a, one of the most fun live matches I've seen, where he's a six-man, where he was basically running around the ring trying to escape Dave Mastiff. Uh, Spud or Webster? Uh, Spud. Actually, yeah, but but it's it's that thing where you see someone for ages and ages, and then you see them do, change something up, and it just clicks. So, Absolutely. Uh, but this is a women's wrestling show. We're not here to discuss Flash Morgan Webster. No, no. Although we've done a lot of strong advertising for him, go listen to his show. Yeah, yeah. So the next uh, faction we have is Stars. Who did who did Mayu pick? Well, yeah, uh, yes, the renamed Stardom Army, uh, who is basically the rest of them. Uh, I think as as both <laughs> as both Kagetsu and and uh, Io referred to them, uh, That's right. Mayu being the uh, basically the functional boss of that team, uh, sought to protect uh, some of her own interests. So she retained Starlight Kid, uh, Saki Kashima. Uh, Kashima is it? Yeah, Saki Kashima. Yeah, uh, Shiki. Uh, uh, Natsumi, who is the daughter of was well, uh, one of the Apache family, and Tam Nakano, which makes sense because she had only recently turned babyface again after leaving Oedo Tai, or being forced to leave Oedo Tai. So it's not like it, it would have been uh, it would have felt like the gimmick was wasted if she'd gone back to being healed again so quickly. So it would have. I still initially I felt it was weird that. Uh... Tom Tom Nakano was drafted that lowly, and I still think it is uh, to draft her after Natsumi, to draft her after Session Moth Martina, to draft her after Nao Yamaguchi. It's just strange to me that she was drafted that low. But well, she she's still a work in progress in a lot of senses. Um, 
I, I, I could have seen her joining Queen's Quest based off the uh, her teaming with uh, EO, but I think that the uh, the barbed wire death match explosion match it, it sort of pointed out that it was so antithetical to EO's sensibilities that she yeah. perhaps felt she wasn't a fit. And certainly, uh, Oedo Tai has not been kind to Tam uh, since she was forced to leave their ranks against her will. That's been a very aggressive split up so i think that it's uh it's for the best that uh, i think there was a sense that no no other faction was particularly interested in getting her um that's true so she she knew tam was safe yeah yeah uh yeah. people who are ranked even lower than tam though uh <laughs> include <laughs> team jungle um apparently jungle so. kiona and her uh her fellows who were not remotely involved in the draft at all uh, despite normally being part of Stardom Army, uh, they were not best happy about this. And as a result, the uh, future of the uh, of that group, whether they're babyface or heel, is somewhat up in the air at the moment. Uh, certainly they don't have the best relationship, particularly with Mayu. So uh, we shall see where that goes. Uh, there's also been some, yeah, in, been some interaction between uh, Jungle and uh, Kagetsu. Absolutely. Uh, according to social media post, Jungle Kiona has been so torn up from this that she has taken to drinking, and Kagetsu being Kagetsu is egging her on and telling her, don't listen to Mayu, you need to break off on your own, and just just stirring the pot a little bit because she's Kagetsu. Well, I mean, Jungle Kiona, I, I knew she had a problem with drinking ever since she turned up to the Jankin tournament dressed as a bottle of sake. So <laughs> that's that that's that is sign one. <laughs> um and so uh coming off the back of that we have the Cinderella tournament. Uh this is the annual almost I guess sort of King of the Ring style uh elimination tournament. Uh 10 minutes time uh 10 minute time limits, uh, 16 wrestlers. Uh it's a big tournament every year. Uh, Mayu won in 2016. Tony Storm won in 2017. The winner gets a wish, which is usually, or should ideally, be a title shot. And uh, we're going to run down that tournament now. Uh, Justin, do you want to take the lead on this one? Absolutely, absolutely. Mayu also won the tournament in 2015, and it's worth noting that both times Mayu won, she challenged for the... The Red Belt, the World of Stardom Belt. Uh, the first time she lost against Kairi Hojo, now Kairi Sane. 2016, she lost to Io Shirai. And in 2017, the tournament was won by Tony Storm, who went to a draw with Io Shirai, which in the world of pro wrestling is, of course, not a title change. So thus far, winning the Cinderella tournament has not led to any title changes. So something to keep in mind. We could have our first this year. We so it's something not. like the G1 tournament then, <laughs> where, Absolutely. where Absolutely. ever since the ever since the briefcase was installed, nobody has successfully challenged for the belt at Wrestle Kingdom. Yes, exactly like that so far. Okay. Exactly. Um, so yeah, the first match we'll call it the left side and the right side, something like that. On the left we have. B. Priestley versus Session Moth Martina. Uh, that's a Queen's Quest versus Oedo Tai matchup. Um, 
It ought to be decent, and I expect B. Priestley will win. Uh, what are your thoughts on this one? Yeah, I think uh, uh, Martina is fresh enough in the promotion that she can with and comedic enough a character that she can withstand a loss, uh, even in under ten minutes. I, one of the things about Stardom is that the ten minute time limit might seem like might seem like it's limiting, but one of the advantages of the style is that a lot of the matches are shorter. Which which helps me because my attention span isn't fantastic, so I can sit down and That's... watch a ten to fifteen minute match, and I'll be absolutely fine with that. Uh, even even in, even as a main event, because uh, it tells a story that I can follow, which is nice. Um, so Martina uh, Martina will not look bad if she even if she loses like a eight minute match. Uh, no. And like you say, B B's protected enough, and she has tenure enough now. This is what her third tour. Um, I believe so. Yes. So she uh, she should be the one getting the nod here. Absolutely. Uh, the next match is Interfaction of Oedo Tai. It is Hazuki against Hanakamura. I am very very much looking forward to this. They've never liked each other. Um, if you watch Stardom press conferences that they occasionally have for the bigger shows. Anytime these two interacted, it has not gone well. Uh, and they just had a match recently where Hana won with a roll-up. Um, and as a result of that, I would look for this match either to have Hazuki win or to go to a time limit draw. Um, because I can't see Hana dominating her like that, especially when Hazuki's new to the faction, and I think we'll be eventually making Hana respect her and leading to a happy family of Oedo Tai. Um, so in this one, I'll get to it. My pick is time limit draw. Uh, I do feel the same way. I think that. The result I could still see is Hannah getting another win and Hazuki slowly working towards beating Hannah, but if they're the same faction, this might be the last match they have against each other um, for a while. So I, I think the likely outcome is time limit draw, especially because I don't think either of these girls going on to face B Priestley is the most necessary match. Um, right. And certainly if B is going further than either of them in the tournament, which I would predict, um, they'll want to limit the possibility of B getting too confused by having too many matches. <laughs> I think that's, that's, I won't touch that's that the one. nicest way I could put that. It's like, uh, it's just, it's <laughs> that there's a certain manageable level uh, of matches yes. for her. And if you throw her in four straight matches, I think you're not going to get necessarily going to get the best of her in that fashion. So You may be Asking too much of a young wrestler. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Next matchup I'm also very, very excited for. Uh, one of my personal favorites, Momo Watanabe. Uh, I think she's wonderful. Uh, and I think she has been her whole career. She's just been a really good wrestler. I see her as a future ace of stardom if she doesn't retire like so many other young stardom wrestlers have. Uh, I just think she has it all, um, and especially in the ring. She is just a phenomenal wrestler, and her matches have an intensity that sometimes can be lacking from other stardom matches, but as soon as Momo unleashes one of those kicks, 
that echoes for the next 30 seconds in the building. The mat, the as as uh, Jim Ross would say, I suppose business picks up, and I just love Momo Watanabe matches. They're they're great fun to watch, and Konami is a more than capable opponent for her. So this is Interfaction. Konami's new to Queen's Quest, and I just think it's going to be great. Konami's going to want to prove herself to Momo, and Momo is going to want to solidify her spot, which I suppose now is the old Hazuki spot, where she's second only to Io. And I think they're going to put on quite a show. I think this is the hardest match to predict in the entire tournament for me. Um, and honestly, I... Uh, I'm gonna go with I'm gonna I'm gonna just say I don't know I don't know who's gonna win this I don't know. Um, it's a tough one uh, gun, because, because yeah. uh, like you say, Momo wants to retain her her superiority, but Momo has had losses lately, uh, specifically to B Priestley. She has. Um, I kind of I I feel like Konami might get the nod because. If they're going to do something with her by putting her in Queen's Quest, they might as well do something with her. Um, yes. And Momo has, you know, all the time in the world. She's, what, 17? So. <laughs> she... 17 or 18, yeah. I know she just graduated from high school, but I believe in Japan they might do that a bit earlier, so she might be 17. Yeah, uh, so. She has all the time in the world. They, 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 they're they solid with her. I thought she had a phenomenal performance with Io Shirai. One of my favorite matches of the year so far. Uh, where basically Momo... Uh, well, Io is not afraid to kick back. Or to kick get to kick first, yes. specifically. Uh, when, you know, teaching her subordinates. So, uh, yeah, Momo took some, uh, some stitches to the face on that one. Which, good God. Uh, that was... A, that was rough, uh, but uh, but a phenomenally yeah, her... stiff and, and well worked match. So, absolutely. Uh, but I, I... if anything, I thought Momo was rougher with Io than Io was. With <laughs> it her. was fifty fifty, certainly at least. Uh, they, <laughs> I, I don't think I've seen Io specifically work that rough with someone for a while. So, um, yeah, it's been a but while. But I think that uh, just I, mean, I could I could well be wrong. But I wonder if Konami will get the nod here. So. Yeah, I, I'm... Alright, gun to my head, I'll say Konami with you. I think they need to uh, bolster her a little bit. Um, she doesn't win much, despite... Uh, she's a big favorite, especially to Western fans. Western fans love her. I believe a lot of that is because she's, in a sense, the spiritual successor to Asuka, Kana. Uh, she is Asuka's only trainee, and she wrestles a lot like her, Um and she's a very good wrestler, and uh, I don't know where I'm going with this. I'm. Uh... Uh, I like her to the point where she's overcome my. Uh, I have a problem with people wrestling barefoot, especially if they're wrestling in kick pads, because uh, <laughs> it's the Mike Bailey issue where uh, that's fine if you're going to just do kicking, but if you're going to do anything else, it looks awkward. But Konami doesn't look awkward it does. doing it, so you know um, she's overcome a personal issue of mine when it comes to watching wrestling uh and uh yeah I, it's one of the things where i uh 
you've mentioned before uh if you're konami's associate so that means you're going to retire or get or leave the company some uh yeah. in some fashion sometime soon so yeah she's had a string of those first she had uh yoko bito well actually before that she was uh associated with kairi hojo who left for nxt so far wwe then she moved on uh to yoko bito uh, Yoko Bito retired. <laughs> then she moved on again to Hiromi Mimura, uh, who retired. And now Io Shirai has drafted her in what could just be a very clever way to ensure that she gets to go to NXT, <laughs> as it was rumored she wanted to last yes, year. Yeah, she is uh, a tactically used curse. <laughs> That's right, she's a horcrux. Yeah. Konami the horcrux. <laughs> All right, moving on, the next match, the final match of the first round of the A block, the left side, is Kagetsu versus Jungle Kiona. I think this is another great match. Uh, Two really, really good workers. Uh, Kiona being, in my opinion, one of the best baby faces in the world right now. Uh, She gets the crowd, she connects with the crowd just on an absolutely incredible level. Um This will be interesting. Kagetsu got the first pick in the stardom draft, uh, but she may not have. She almost got eliminated, and the reason she did not is Jungle Kiona, and I'll leave it at that so people can go watch it. Uh, And then there's their Twitter interaction. So um, There could be something brewing. Who knows? Uh, So that being said, all that being said, I still think Kagetsu's going to win. She is the 1C of stardom, with Io and Mayu being 1A and 1B, and I don't see her losing to Jungle Kiona. So, what do you think? Um, it, I know the, 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 the ten minute draw scenario is one of those things where it's such an easy thing to call because it means you don't actually have to make a choice. Uh... <laughs> I absolutely see where Kagetsu winning this makes sense, but I think I'm going to call this a uh, a draw uh, okay. uh, because I feel like there's something to to happen with uh, Kiona, and I'm not sure what it is. Uh, I could. I, I hope it does. I think she's. Fantastic. I could almost see her rolling up Kagetsu to take this, but I'm not sure if they're going to do a one night massive push for Kiona. Uh, so. I think this is a case where both of them get out of the tournament early. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, all right. The A block. I had B Priestley against time limit draw. So B Priestley is going to the semis. And I had gun to my head Konami against Kagetsu. I think Kagetsu wins that, of course. So that leaves us with Kagetsu against B Priestley. And I have Kagetsu in the finals. I think I'm narrowing that down to B Priestley in the finals. B Priestley. Now, they're, okay. they're not afraid of using uh, overseas talent in certain ways. Uh, and and B has already got to the final of the tag tournament. So uh, I think it's enti- entirely possible that she gets as far as the final of this tournament. Okay. So you, you have B, I have Kagetsu. So... All right, the B block, the right-hand side of the graphic, we have Saki Kashima 
against Candy Floss. I know nothing about Candy Floss. I know she is from uh, Progress. That's about as much as I know about her. Uh, And Kashima is being pushed pretty well since she's come back. And I think she's going to win this one. I think so as well. Uh, Candy Floss, I'd heard some mixed things about her before I'd seen her for the first time, um, but I liked what I saw. Uh, she's still very young. It's it's a it's another um, uh, Zaya Brookside type situation where you have a uh, neon-haired eighteen-year-old uh, English girl with gotcha. with a um, who's who's pretty solid and hatched, uh, I actually saw her uh, Candy Floss bust out like Johnny Saint Johnny Saint style sequences, uh, which hey. I mean I love that stuff. Uh, so yeah, me too. I'm I'm predisposed to like Candy Floss uh, at this point. Hopefully uh, Saki manages to get something decent out of uh, the situation there, but so I, which I don't I, there's no real reason why she shouldn't other other than Candy Floss being fairly early in the stardom and usually the first three or four matches is a learning experience. So, uh, yes. Yeah. But maybe not so much a winning. No, experience. no. Uh, but uh, yeah, I think Saki takes that one fairly convincingly, especially with her finding her position after her ret- her return to stardom. So. Absolutely. Okay. Next is Mayu Iwatani versus Tom Nakano. Uh, I see... I still think, even though I know I'm probably wrong, I still think maybe Tom takes out a little bit of frustrations on her for picking her last. Um, Should be an okay match. Mayu can get a good match out of damn near anybody. Um... And Tom probably needs that help. I think it'll be Mayu moving on. I have Mayu Vishaki in this I, bracket. I, I feel like it's the same. Uh, I could see a draw if I hadn't already predicted two. <laughs> uh, right. One of the great things about the tournament is it looks da- looks daunting when you think, that, oh, there's got to be 15 matches, but because of the draw formats uh, and the time limits, it means that you're probably only going to get like maybe 11 matches, maybe 12 matches. Um but I also feel like this match is one where Tam valiantly loses to her mentor. Uh, Tam is still on that learning learning curve, uh, both in storyline and in real life. Uh, so hopefully Tam puts in a, uh, a gutsy performance, but loses uh, and possibly does enough damage to Mayu that means that uh, my second round result is not that stunning. Mine as well. That's a, that's a that's what we call a teaser. <laughs> what for two minutes from now? <laughs> for two minutes from now, teaser. Hold on to your butts. <laughs> that's right. All right. The next matchup is Brandy Rhodes uh, versus Natsu Sumirai, and I think Brandy Rhodes wins. Uh, I've never seen her wrestle. I probably never would if she didn't go to stardom. Um, Sumire is passable. She's not great. She's not bad. Uh, she always does what she's asked and does a pretty good job. However, uh, wrestling a green wrestler might be a bit much to ask. I'm not sure if it'll be a particularly good match. 
but I absolutely believe that Brandy Rhodes is going to win here. Yeah, they did not pay for Brandy Rhodes to come across to the, to Japan uh, to have her lose in the first round. Uh, Much unlike the Ring of Honor Women of Honor tournament, oh. but I don't even want to talk about that. <laughs> yeah, right that, that was mildly frustrating, uh, their treatment of the women there. Yeah. But at the same time, I think it's a case where they will, they'll probably want to retain that relationship and uh, Brandy is... Actually, because of her reality show in the US, she's high enough visibility that maybe there's some footage that will be associated with this. Uh, maybe it can get into a storyline in the US. Maybe it can get some traction somehow. So I feel like Brandy is destined for at least a second round match here. Uh, and Natsu is the ideal person to put her with because Natsu does good character-based matches. Brandy is still pretty fresh to being in the ring you know she's not the most regular uh, in-ring performer but she tries hard she's sort of pretty mechanical in a lot of ways uh, she doesn't look she still looks like she's performing sometimes but i think her character is tremendous i think she does excellent work in that field so natsu is the per- perfect person to put her with there another character worker it's it's nice to have good variety uh, in, in these yes. tournaments where you're going to have uh, at least according to my booking a lot of uh, strong athletic time limit draws uh, have, having the you know, fun comedy matches not it's not that bad uh, and of course Bra- if anything it's a it's a welcome break yeah. uh, and of course Brandy Rhodes is Oedo Tai for the purposes of this tournament uh, so that should be fun, especially if we get some backstage skits with uh, with oh, yeah. Brandy and Session Moth. <laughs> yeah, that'll be interesting. That'll be interesting. <laughs> See how they play off each other. Okay, so the final first round matchup for us here. Io Shirai versus Chardonnay in a Queen's Quest battle. I think Chardonnay's uh, decent. I really do. And I think this will be a pretty good match, and EO gets the win. Yeah, the same. Uh, I think, actually, I, I saw Chardonnay recently uh, in her first matches back for this tour. Um, she looks in phenomenal shape. I mean, not that she was not in great shape before, but I really feel like she's uh, between new gear and, uh, and the way she looks. She's ramping up how she's presenting herself for these uh, these tournaments, and she's really getting to that point in her career where she's taking steps forward, uh, which is great for her. Uh, I've been been really impressed with uh, a lot of her, a lot of her work and her potential. Uh, I think EO wins this because it's EO and EO is one of those people where if you don't have her go to at least the semi-finals, you are wasting her. (laughs) The only reason you wouldn't do that is if she had some sort of horrible injury, which she may have anyway, but I mean, that doesn't seem to stop her being the best women's wrestler on the planet. So, uh... Correction, correction. Best wrestler on the planet. Uh, but we'll get into 10, that later. Certainly. You'll get no argument from me. She's <laughs> she's competitive in any <laughs> list, so... Yes, uh, yes. Personally, at least top three flyer in the world for me. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I think Eo takes this. Okay. So we'll go uh, through those winners. I have Saki beating Mayu, 
which is the spoiler we were talking about. Tom will pick the same thing. I think this is going to be a good start to Saki's position, which I believe is going to be the new Yoko Bito. Um, you can get to the main event if you can beat her. And if you cannot beat her, you are not a main event wrestler for stardom. Uh, after that, I have EO beating Brandy. I would not be shocked if Brandy beat EO, simply for the fact that last year they had uh, Mandy Leone beat EO Shirai, uh, which I suppose was different circumstances. EO was just coming back um, from injury and from trying to go to NXT with Kyrie Sane. Uh, so they may have used the ring rust excuse there, but it was still shocking and awful. <laughs> anyway, so that's why I wouldn't be shocked if Brandy won this, but I'm going to go with EO. And I'll go with the shocking EO loss next. I have Saki Kashima beating EO to go to the finals to face Kagetsu. Uh, I also have Saki Kashima beating Io because I figure her wish is going to be given the relative unavailability of Tony Storm for title shots. Uh, Saki uh, will probably wish for a white belt shot at Io, um, especially because that's huh. a that's a main event on you know on a Stardom show. I f- so you have Saki beating B. I uh, well yes, as, as it turns out, I've spoiled my final opinion. Uh, I, I yes. feel like this is <laughs> this is the tournament where they re- really reestablish Saki Kashima and her epic entrance theme. So uh, yes. th- <laughs> this uh, great theme. So and and beating Mayu and Io in the same tournament—that's a big deal. So yeah, that's. Uh... That's the two two top names in the promotion. So, uh, yeah, that's this is her Chris Jericho moment. Oh yeah, going back to uh, Austin and Rock. Yeah, if she ever turns heel, she can talk about this forever. That's she can <laughs> to this day. Um, yeah, so I have Saki and Kagetsu, and I think Kagetsu wins, and I hope. It's for a red belt shot at Tony Storm, and I hope she is the very first person to make good on winning the Cinderella tournament, and she takes that red belt from her. Uh, I certainly agree that your scenario is much better than mine. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, it makes much more sense overall. Uh, it's just... I... I, I uh... When you, when you book this thing like match by match, you don't necessarily look towards the final. Uh, all that's clever, right. all that cleverly, uh, and definitely your scenario is, yeah, uh, much more likely. <laughs> and, and even if it's not, it's 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 simply better because it's Kagetsu running winning the red belt, and who who wouldn't want that? I, it's wonderful. Yeah, she is fantastic. She's one of the best. Uh, one of the best combination of in-ring performers which is where she is genuinely excellent and character yes. her yes. promos are phenomenal she is 
excellent at all that stuff. So uh, hopefully we'll get to see Kagetsu with the red belt. That would make 2018, as far as I'm concerned, the stardom. I can't imagine that being bad uh, in any way, shape or form, unless she immediately jobs out to somebody else and drops the belt straight away. Uh, Which won't happen, won't happen. They've never had a reign that short. No, so uh, we will hopefully get Kagetsu with some like proper main event momentum. Absolutely. And we I guess we could use this as an excuse to talk about Tony Storm because none of this is to say that Tony Storm isn't good. I think Tony Storm is absolutely great. And then you think about her age and she's just really good. Uh but with being really good, she has become really booked and it's been noticeable even in her promos. Uh she's she does seem a bit worn out from the schedule. I think maybe Dropping the belt might be good for her here. Uh, she'll always be very protected. I don't think they protect anyone on the card, even Io Shirai, as much as they protect Tony Storm, who simply does not lose. So yeah, and it's not without reason. She's she's very talented. She 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 goes to draws with Mako Satomura when they bring her in. You know, it's uh, she is there. I, I almost say they're Brock Lesnar. In that she does, she does yeah. that part-time sh- schedule and shows up and wins. <laughs> yes, yes, that's ex- that's the perfect description, uh, and she deserves it. She's a very, she's incredibly she's, good. She's a, she's a star <laughs> in any promotion she chooses to go to, uh, which is exemplified by the fact that she has a, a Zack Saber Junior level of belts <laughs> that she that she carries <laughs> around the world with her. It's. Uh, I mean, the reason she's tired is she has to carry so much metal through That's every right. single airport. I mean, uh, I think. Yeah, these titles no, aren't she's, light. She's. I. I really. I do get the feeling that at some point soon she's going to go to WWE. Maybe uh, the Mayhem Classic again this year if she gets booked. I feel like they could do a deal where she wins it and signs immediately. Uh, yeah. I. I, I I can't see. I mean, last year she may have felt like she had, she wanted to experience everything that, uh, that an indie wrestler possibly could. Right, and uh, what he's referring to is the rumor is last year they offered her a contract after the May Young tournament, and she turned it yeah. down. Uh, yeah, she may. I, I, at the time, I felt she was probably justified in wanting to do the to grow and gain experience as a wrestler and work as everywhere she possibly could in the world uh somehow in the period of 12 months or less in the period of about six months after that she succeeded in doing all of that uh and so now now all that's left is for her to work incredibly hard on dozens of different i was going to say on dozens of continents but i'm sure that's what it feels like (laughs) (laughs) it feels like yeah i mean she's 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 the active champion in what uh two companies in Europe uh, I'm sure in the US uh, in Japan uh, probably works in Australia all the time as well I mean that's an insane amount of work it's going to take a physical toll on her and I feel like she might just take the WWE option as a you know you work hard but now you know what hard now you know what hard work is yeah, that and uh, no more jet lag and switching time zones. Well, yeah, because they, she won't be allowed to work on the uh, on the, uh, on certain shows. So, 
That's right. <laughs> not to mention right. not to mention the greatest <laughs> Royal Rumble, but yeah, yeah, where she would not be allowed without uh, that. That's the biggest crime really involved in uh, in the booking of that show. The fact that these people would actively wish to not have Tony Storm. <laughs> I can't imagine it. I, I can't fathom it. We're not here to discuss <laughs> geopolitical situations. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Okay. So I guess that is uh, the Cinderella Tournament and Tony Storm. Uh, there are some other shows coming up. There's some faction-produced shows. Uh, May 3rd, 08 Otai. May 5th, Queen's Quest. And May 6th, Stars. Uh, what are some matches you're looking forward to on there? And they have a lot of silliness on these shows, which I'm a fan of. Well, actually, off the top of my head, I don't have the shows in front of me. The one that always, the one that's really sticking in my mind is the uh, the guaranteed hilarity. I think on the Stars show is it, uh, or is it the Queen's Quest show of the um, uh, the Battle Royal. Where that's the Queen Qu- Queen's Quest show, where everyone uh, is forced to wear a random other person's gear and wrestle using their moveset, which yeah. is gonna be fascinating. It is. Uh, Eo and they did announce that Eo and uh, Kagetsu aren't in it since they have their title match right after it, so that's all we won't get to see. Anything else is fair game. Jungle Kiona may have to be. Uh, Session Moth Martina for a night. I oh think, my uh... god, that's amazing. <laughs> Starlight Kid and Azumi could literally switch roles, which would be fantastic. Oh, Starlight, Starlight Kid has, still has to wear the mask, though. That's right, but... She, yeah, oh my gosh. Maybe, she, maybe yeah, she'll work she under a different hood or something. That's right, an Azumi-styled hood. Yeah. I, I bet that, I uh, bet they have an Azumi hood, hood in, the, in the back there somewhere. They... <laughs> They got to. They have so many masks in that company. It's it's incredible. Um, but yeah, the, the the potential for this is just through the roof. Yeah, it's it's probably my most uh, my fun match to look forward to of the next uh, yeah. next month or so. That's yeah. uh, just because they they love their wacky booking and they love their comedy. So they they clearly book yep. this with ideas in mind. Uh, yeah. especially if people get gimmicks that don't quite suit them it's always fun it's always <laughs> fun when uh hannah challenges someone to a sexy off and uh <laughs> the, the other person just has deliberately almost no sexual charisma at all and and, yes. and, and basically just mocks hannah with it so if they have to switch places uh if someone has to come out as hannah kimura that should be uh entertaining especially if hannah has yeah. especially if hannah has to come out as her heel self dressed as a baby face which she is in other companies but so it's <laughs> going to be like a sarcastic baby face act that uh, that's that's going to be entertaining as hell yeah uh what it really, there's a lot of potential so okay so i do have these cards right here so okay oedo tai show is the first one that's may 3rd um there's actually not uh, a ton going on there, except, okay, <laughs> the, the the show is going to open now. It's It's been announced with a unit dance battle. <laughs> so someone's <laughs> going to get served. I'm not sure awesome. who. Um, <laughs> someone's getting served. There's going to be stars dancing, Queen's Quest dancing, and Oedo Tai dancing. I don't know how they're going to determine a winner 
Or maybe it'll just turn into the entire roster fighting their way to the dressing room. I, I have no idea. Well, actually, uh, the current Oedo tie dance uh, was rearranged by Tam Nakano. Uh, she did the choreography for it. Really? Yeah. Uh, this, is a, this is from a conversation I had with Chris Wolfe. Uh, when I met her at a Chris Wolf fan thing in London, uh, which was awesome, and Chris Wolf is great. Uh, but uh, yeah, t- uh, apparently Tam uh, reworked some, of th- not extensively, but reworked some of the choreography for the group. So uh, perhaps Tam will be take the lead in this and uh, come up with choreography for the two other groups backstage as well. Uh, I-, I love the idea that these other teams will come up with their rival dances for Edo Atai, so. Me too. Uh, the thought of Mayu Iwatani in a dance-off is going to be incredible. I don't <laughs> see this going well. <laughs> it's just, everything Mayu does is just gold for me. Uh, when she was <laughs> when she was out injured and she was doing basically the MC role uh, yeah. on, on, the, on the live shows I went to, her coming out in her stardom tracksuit and massive slippers, Yes. And it's sort of like it's like when you see a puppy with big paws. That's like right. it's it's she is clumsy but athletic as hell at the same time. Yeah. And she's so enthusiastic. She was yeah. talking and joking with the crowd. And yep. just from the rhythm of it I was laughing. Yeah. I couldn't even tell what she was saying. And that stuff never made air. Yeah. Uh, but you just I, know it's fun. <laughs> yeah, I think she's one of my favorite uh, promos as well in a company full of people whose promos i enjoy yeah it's the great thing about stardom subtitles yes yeah you actually know who the good japanese promos are and are not yeah shocking okay there's another match here i think it's going to be great it's uh stars battle not the one we'll talk about later but this is mayu saki and tom versus uh kiona tora and mary apache uh, I think this was going to be a really good three-way match. Um, and in the main event, we have a faction battle where we have Kagetsu, Hana, Hazuki, Sumire, and Brandy against Io, Momo, Konami, Azumi, and B. And the only gimmick here is that all of Queen's Quest and the referee have to wear the same makeup Kagetsu does. So I suppose they'll have that black, uh, whatever that symbol is. It's sort of like a, sort of looks like a lawnmower blade now that I think about it. <laughs> um, I don't know what it would be called, but all of Queen's Quest and the referee will be wearing it. Uh, hopefully not the contact lens as well. It's... Oh my. That's, that's... Now I... Now... Now I sort of do want to see that. <laughs> well, it's going to result in at least one person losing that contact lens mid-match. So, uh, yeah, that, okay. that's that sounds fascinating, actually. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, I, I'm looking for, <laughs> looking forward to that one probably the most yeah. of anything, just because you know I love wacky steps. That's right. May 5th is Queen's Quest. Uh, there's the Battle Royal. Uh, let's see. Out of the actual matches... Um, there's another good Team Jungle match, uh, sort of. It's Kiona, Natsuko, and Shiki Shibusawa against, uh, Hanakamura, Hazuki, and Brandy Rhodes. Um, keep 
uh, Brandy and Sheiky's wrestling to a minimum, and it could be really good. Or they can just throw drop kicks at, at each other for two minutes. That'd be fine. That's, that's um, right. That works. That's fine. But yeah, they're definitely working towards solidifying some sort of... I think this is the least of the shows where Hazuki, having been on the end of rougher treatment from Queen's Quest, who... Uh, yeah. Tr- I mean, I, th- I feel like Queen's Quest is not going to be... Is going to want her to grow outside of them as well, and treating her nicely or not treating her. The way to respect the opponent for Queen's Quest is to attack them. Uh, yeah. So I feel like uh, Hazuki is going to get a taste of that, and as a result, may possibly become closer with Hannah and get, get a bond going there. Uh, so I feel like this is these are very much the shows in which that story is going to progress. Uh, and certainly yeah. coming off the back of that of that Queen's Quest match, this match against what is functionally Team Jungle, we might see greater coherence in that uh, in that duo. So, yeah, that would be that sounds great to me. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm real into the Hana and Hazuki storyline, uh, and and, yeah. and Hana in general. <laughs> and Hana in general, she's my favorite wrestler in the world, and has been since 2017, and I don't see it changing. She's She's fantastic. Agreed. But first, <laughs> but first, before I before I ramble for the next two hours about Hanakamura, <laughs> this show is headlined with a very big bout: uh, Wonder of Stardom title match, Io Shirai versus Kagetsu. They've been building this one for a while, and I think it has the possibility, at least, to be a very high match of the year contender. Um, these are two of the greatest wrestlers in the world and i i have very high hopes here i think that match will be tremendous i also retroactively feel i'm very wise for not having kagetsu win the uh uh the uh, cinderella tournament because losing to io and then beating tony uh would seem counterproductive uh... Ah, you see. Now that you say yeah, it. Now yes, that you, you see, I, 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 I'm retroactively smart. That's right. You planned <laughs> yeah, it all along. Yeah, it was always my intention. Uh, but no, having this match hanging over means that it's uh, maybe Kagetsu would not be headed in that direction right now. Could so, yeah. uh, I don't know. Uh, if, if, if Kagetsu doesn't win the Cinderella tournament, I could almost see Kagetsu taking the belt here. But at the same yeah. time, EO is the standard bearer for main events right now, with with Tony being uh, relatively infrequent. So, yeah, unless something's going to change on that front, I feel like EO is likely to retain that that top spot consistently. Uh, yeah, yeah. The uh, the wonder of Stardom title is definitely the workhorse title right mm. now. In terms of defenses, she's already had a lot, and she hasn't even had that belt very long. Yeah, she's pulled up to eleven now. <laughs> Something around there, yeah. It's it's kind of cr- when did she win that belt? It, it seems like I can't remember who she won it from. Gosh, neither is it Yoko? So yeah, people talk about uh, how long and dominant Okada's reign is, but uh, Io's going to bust out more reigns than him in you know uh, more challenges than him in about a quarter of the time. <laughs> she is. She really is. 
She w- she only won the belt from uh, Yoko Bito back at the very end of September 2017. Aha. Uh-huh. Yes. So, she's on about 160 days right now, according to Wikipedia. And uh, she's got a lot of defenses so far. It's saying uh, if, if Wiki is to be trusted, she has had seven successful defenses thus far. The record here appears to be nine by... Of all people, Santana Garrett. Yeah, I could see that. It's I, I, I know that I, I know that Santana Garrett was one. the champion at one point, so Yeah, I didn't know she had the highest amount of successful <laughs> defenses ever. You, th- you you'd think it would that be surprising of someone like that. Yeah, Yuzapan or Kyrie. Yeah. Or even even uh Act Yazukawa, so I don't know. I don't know. Well, so, the, standard, okay. the standard format these days Mo- is for uh, EO to, uh, to accept challenges from three of the, the whoever the four current uh, uh, incoming foreign talents uh, on that tour are. That's so, right. you know, right. unless you're that unlucky fourth one, you're pretty much guaranteed to get a white belt match. As they used to say in a uh, boxing. The bum of the month, so. <laughs> <laughs> which is no disrespect to any of the competitors, but you're not beating EO. Well, mainly what you're doing is learning from EO. You're learning from EO. Now, EO, yeah. EO, is, EO has the best match of a lot of people's career. <laughs> she really does. Yeah, now that you say that and I think about it, that's probably a bit of a, a ridiculous list where she could claim that. Okay, so moving on to May 6th, the Stars Run show. Uh, the opener here is the, uh, I don't know how to pronounce it, Junkin Tournament? Jenkin Tournament? I always, I, uh, Jenkin, uh, whichever, it's fine. <laughs> okay, okay, we'll go with Jenkin. It's the Jenkin Tournament opening up. My only strong opinion about this is I hope they continue the tradition of playing this tournament in ridiculous costumes. And hopefully wrestling the rest of the show in ridiculous costumes as well. <laughs> that would be a plus. <laughs> because Tony Storm as Rossi Ogawa. <laughs> that was that. It's, she, she... it's absolutely wonderful to go back and watch her. Uh, yeah. Pretending to be the booker of the promotion. Doing yeah. all the mannerisms. Ir Shirai dressed as a ghost across the ring from her. Cracking up because she's doing... <laughs> Just all these little things that everyone in the company just immediately gets. Knows. It's fantastic. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Of course, if it's uh, if you have, you'll have your usual mix of mildly lazy costumes and costumes from animes I do not watch. But yeah. uh, that's just all part of the charm of the Jankin tournament. That's right. Uh, um, so yeah, I just I just hope they do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I don't want to lose that wonderful tradition. Well, also, I hope that it's all going to be presented in one video, as opposed to the previous year's Jankin tournaments, where you have to watch yes. about 15 two-minute videos complete with the stardom intro and warnings and everything before every single one. Uh, so hopefully they'll sort this out for the live format. I never liked that when you have to select multiple matches. Um Okay, so beyond the Jenkin tournament, this match, or this show rather, I should say, 
is let's see at these matches here starlight kid versus ruaka ruaka could be really good for the future of stardom title mm-hmm. match uh you also have uh, a lot of the trios uh faction matches or let's say quadros uh kanami azumi b and chardonnay versus hana sumire brandy and martina and oh there it is. That is the match that's not featured that I'm looking forward to the most of all of these. Io Shirai and Momo Watanabe versus Kagetsu and Hazuki. I think that is going to be a, a, just an excellent match. I cannot wait to see that. That is the that is logical endpoints of Hazuki's turn. Yes. Yeah. Because I think Hazuki will fit in really well with Oedo Tai. I do too. Uh, they um, recently had... Was it a press conference? I believe it, or something for signing their matches. I don't know. I'm just looking off uh, Stardom Twitter account pictures. Uh, She's already sort of dressing a bit more rebellious than she had been, so I think she'll slowly fit in. Yeah. Um, As for the other matches, uh, Raka, uh, during the tournament for uh, for the creation of the future of Stardom belt, had her best match, uh, so I'm hopeful that she'll continue that trend. I, I, the potential of these younger girls when they start getting aggressive is tremendous. Yeah. Um, uh, I don't know, it, it, it kind of feels like, I mean, the Jankin tournament aside, obviously, it doesn't feel like the most tremendously exciting show overall, but well, it, still, it still feels like more than your average stardom show. Yeah. So, and they, they do have the big main event of stars versus stars. So you have, uh, it's an elimination match. It's a classic oh. uh, Survivor Series match. Mayu, Saki, Tan, Natsumi, and Candy Floss versus Kaori, Kiona, Tora, Mary Apache, and Shikishibu Sawa. And uh, all I hope is that it goes down to Kiona versus Mayu. I want to see that continue. Yeah, uh, and certainly. Uh... We'll we'll talk about this more in the future, obviously. But uh, stardom elimination matches with their over the top teases of eliminations are some of the most fun. Uh, yeah. The the Oedo Tai versus Queen's Quest match that resulted in Tam leaving Oedo Tai uh, yeah. was tremendous. Like, yeah, that, re- really well worked. So that was really close to the Rumble. Might have been right before or after. I think before. I don't know. Yeah. The point being. That uh, their elimination teases over the ropes were ridiculously better than WWE's. It, w- it wasn't even close. The WWE ones were very boring and pedestrian. Um, and that was that was a good rumble. By and most, it was a good rumble by, by most yeah. standards. And, and the women's yeah. rumble was fine as well. It's just yeah. that the the stardom show was like, oh, well, this this is what it should, this is what it's like when people are inventive. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, and that was my that was my most look forward to match. Uh, of the year at that point and it's one of my favorite matches of the year so far i think it, de- it delivered yeah, yeah definitely yeah. although uh if if hanakamura never takes a powerbomb or whatever off the apron again i'll be oh i i that, was i was scared that thud was disgusting yeah disgusting um but i did like that after twitter or after after the show on twitter i guess she saw that people were concerned about her and said something along the lines of 
don't worry, I'm fine, I'm eating rice now, or something like that, <laughs> because she has the continuing gimmick of bringing a rice cooker with her to everywhere, everywhere. So if Hannah's got her rice cooker, she's fine. <laughs> um, yeah, so those three shows are looking fun. I'm excited yeah. about each of them in a different way, so... Absolutely. Uh, certainly there's plenty of wacky fun and plenty of serious matches and the ongoing storylines, which are always one of Stardom's best strengths. Yes. Yeah. Okay, so that's the next couple of weeks. Uh, one thing we'll be doing on this show is we're each going to have our own project. So we have something to talk about, uh, something to learn from. And I guess... Yes, Tom, you can start with yours, and then I'll discuss mine. Cool. Uh, well, recently uh, on the Pro Wrestling Oratory, which is the board where me and Justin do the, do the majority of our chat and discussion and existing, I guess, uh, yes. is we've, <laughs> uh, in the Joshi thread, uh, uh, posted by the name of Shin- Shinmaru, is that right? Yes, that's right. Shinmaru, yeah. yeah. Has been posting some excellent stuff talking about... Uh, uh, 2016 going to 2017 stardom uh, I've been reading that pretty closely it's it's sort of a great recommendations list for someone like me who isn't necessarily the most familiar uh, and my current plan not a big project but is to revisit the tour of uh, Evie aka Dakota Kai in stardom uh, I really like her I've, I've been a big fan of her ever since she first showed up to get squashed by Nia Jax uh, team kick. Yes, I really like her tag team partner as well. Uh, in in, in uh, NXT, uh, Nixon Newell, uh, who's just come back, and I'm very much looking forward to them teaming up together. I uh, quick question: I have not uh, been watching NXT since WrestleMania. Have they been on TV together yet, or did did they have uh, something at the tapings? With no, them? not no? yet, as far as I know. Uh, mostly at the moment, uh, Dakota Kai is still just Shayna's whipping girl. Uh, okay, um, okay. As in Shayna walked. Last thing I saw was Shayna walking into the women's locker room, uh, tearing off the label that was for uh, uh, Ember Moon off of her off of her area ah. for a locker, sitting down. Dakota Kai trying to leave and Shayna getting in her face. So apparently they're still going to go with that match. I'm hoping that works. I'm hoping it builds up Dakota Kai for more stuff. Um, I'm hoping it results in Nixon getting some good work in there as well. I think she's. I mean, she was pretty much the one who awakened me to the fact that there was decent women's wrestling in the UK. <laughs> Nixon yes. Newell. So yeah. um, I, I saw her do a main event match in Shakara. Uh, against Kimberly, so uh, yeah, <laughs> it's uh, that was the first time I saw her, and it was in Wales as well. So hometown, oh, wow. she was wearing her Welsh uh, football kit gear. Uh, yeah. yeah, that was uh, that was really fun. So uh, yeah, it's it's going to be interesting. Um, I'm big, like I say, uh, I've heard very very good things about Dakota Kai in Stardom, especially her match with Kairi Hojo. So uh, that seems like a good spot to start. Uh, how about you? My project is I am going to go back to Io Shirai's second run with the Red Belt, the World of Stardom title, and uh, I'm going to try to watch every defense that she had there. So I really look forward to it. 
I've seen most of it, maybe half of it, uh, probably about half, maybe a little less than half. Uh, I'm trying to pinpoint when I started on Stardom World and getting into all this. Uh, but either way, I haven't seen enough, and I have a sneaking suspicion it's one of the better recent title runs of anyone. Uh, not because I've read anybody say that, but simply because it's Io Shirai. So I'm really looking forward to that. Yeah, that that sounds awesome. I will take some recommendations off the back of that. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Um, so, okay. One last thing to talk about. Uh, we get to introduce another segment to you. Uh, once a month, I am going to recommend a match for Tom to watch that I already know and love, and we're going to talk about it. So this time, the first match that I picked, I wanted to make sure it was good. September 22nd, 1985. Jaguar Yokota versus Lioness Asuka. And uh, so I have heard back that Tom saw this and he has thoughts. <laughs> so I'm, um, I'm, I'm interested in the thoughts well the first thing you see when you look up this match on youtube it's very easy to find uh is uh this match is rated five stars by dave Meltzer. right they do love to say that <laughs> yeah um wow this was i mean <laughs> i don't know where to start with it to be honest it's sort of um the structure of the match it's probably around 20 minutes or so um roughly yeah once you take out the entrances and everything the structure of the match is sort of uh starts off with a very dense ground-based uh exchange of submissions and uh at that stage what it was mostly recalling for me was sort of like uh eddie guerrero dean malenko when they're both baby faces right um there's a lot of leg locks in there there's a lot of just really dense back and forth work and then they sort of start to get into a finishing stretch and all of a sudden it is uh tombstones and steiner screwdrivers and and i and i, and I keep looking at the file name to check they did say 1985 right <laughs> and then this like dives through the ropes to the outside and i'm just sort of thinking this match like you could change nothing and it would be an indie main event right now yeah, how is this possible? Like, I, I, one of the things I've sort of really enjoyed about learning more about Joshi is the fact that it's, it is possibly the least influenced by, and yet, uh, by, uh, by Western style wrestling, and yet it is the the form that has most been most influential on Western wrestling quietly, as absolutely agree. as a lot of like the most in in touch in the no guys have you know gone and watched it and then replicated some of the stuff they do and the fact but because there's very little talent that can flow the other way it's they're not they're not dominated in style by wwf or wcw or any of those groups in quite the same way so i i like i say this match feels like a match that was the Eddie Guerrero D. Malenko match I referenced was considered cutting edge in ECW right. almost 10 years later. Yeah. <laughs> like, and I would put this match as 
I would put the Jaguar Lioness match as definitely superior to it. I think so as well. Um, yeah. It was just I, I I was really struggling to think of something in this particular style. I mean, you talk about a guy like Bret Hart, and he has like quite. Uh, he has a technical style, but it's very much a walk move, walk move style. Whereas right, the first right. ten minutes of this is like, it's almost shoot style. Um, there's yeah. a flavor of Minoru Suzuki in there as well, and Minoru wouldn't debut for another four years. Right, <laughs> uh, exactly. So, I mean, I, obviously, I need to create, a, I need to create a bigger background in my men's uh, puro back wrestling as well. I'm certain that this style isn't coming out of nothing, but it's that if then it was the transition to those big spots and, yeah. and the flying and all these things where you just think, well, Jushin Liger wasn't going to do this for another five years. That's right. <laughs> like this is a, this is a, this is a blind spot for me. <laughs> so they do absolutely everything. I mean, one thing to note is, the crowd is losing their minds. If you imagine Steve Austin coming out, and you know how people have the Steve Austin pop. It's known for being gigantic. Now imagine the Steve Austin pop for 20 minutes. It's, it's just unreal how hot the audience is for this. And another difference about the audience is at this time, these women were more heroes for girls so it wasn't like it is now where the audience is 90 percent men probably it was probably 75 to 90 percent women so it's very different audience and these girls love these wrestlers so much um one thing uh to note i suppose for possibly why is jaguar is the ace so there's that. She hasn't lost in years. Um, she was the ace. It was passed down to her from Jackie Sato, who I'm also one day, one of these episodes is going to make you watch as well. Uh, but regardless, uh, Asuka is half of the Crush Gals. And I think it's impossible to be any sort of hardcore, whatever you want to say, wrestling fan without at least knowing the name. Um, and the Crush Girls were Lioness Asuka and Chigusa Nagayo. Uh, and they were just ridiculous. This, this, this crowd exemplified every match for them, basically. They were just ridiculously over. Uh, this was in the Budokan, Budokan um, which is an amazing building. Um, one thing I thought, you were saying about the legwork and... A thought I had watching this, uh, actually, and I know you're a big fan of the guy, I thought this match was like certain parts of it. I was thinking in terms of it being Zack Sabre Jr.'s wet dream <laughs> because they are being so incredibly technical, but the crowd still is losing their minds for it. So a lot, a lot of times these days... Uh, People might react, you know, you get the finger break spot or something, and the crowd reacts. But for a lot of it, they're going to be silent, respectful, watching, all that. And this is, if they were doing things like that, and 
there was a stone cold entrance pop through the entire thing. It was, it's it just, it, it, I don't it know. It felt I, like the action and the level of, it felt like the response within the structure of the match, like was powered by the fans. Like if, if they were trapped in yeah. a, trapped in a move, they didn't want to be trapped in the fan response got them out of it when they had a move on that they wanted them yeah. to win it was driven by the fans going into it it was uh, uh the, the, you're right the crowd was um absolutely electric uh it's and it's one of those things where a lot of people who watch a lot of puro might be more familiar with the much more staid uh japanese crowd right. that's quiet watching respectful but responds appropriately which means that they absolutely can lose their shit sometimes this is not a, this is not right. what you might think of as a traditional japanese crowd no this is lose their shit the entire time yeah this is this was uh fascinating to check out um yeah i i one of my favorites there's a point in the match early on where they start suddenly going a thousand miles an hour and one thing I don't jump out of my chair. I know people say that, and they probably do. I don't. I, I can't really imagine it. <laughs> At least li- unless I'm live. So I actually did jump off my couch a bit and paused the video to rewind it. Asuka goes for a big boot, I guess, would be the most familiar thing to call it to an American fan. Um, Yakuza kick, something like that. Jaguar dives at the boot, goes right under it, and then does a front flip, ass over tea kettle, and lands on her feet on the other side. What, part of my language, I'm not going to swear much on this show, but what the fuck was that? (laughs) That was one of the most incredible things I think I've ever seen. She dives under a big boot that's coming running at her, so called a yakuza kick it's more like that it's not hogan standing there with his leg up she dives under a yakuza kick and does a front flip and lands on her feet that's just ludicrous to me yeah especially in 1985 well there was stuff like um the leg capture german as well yeah it's just like that was her that was what the finish i believe was that right yeah and it's like what the hell it's like and like we say they're busting out steiner screwdrivers yeah, in, the, in, the, yeah. in that era, and I was, I, I could not believe. And it was a running one. It was a running one. She reversed. I believe she reversed a tombstone. Maybe not. Doesn't matter. She gets her in that in that position, bounces off the ropes, and takes off running. Yeah, and does it like, it's, like, it's like a with, with like a intensity, the level of like Undertaker finishing Shawn Michaels' career. You know, it, yeah, it was, it was tremendous. Uh, they, yeah. It, we're not we're not gonna like necessarily give into hyperbole a lot on this podcast. Hopefully, uh, right. we don't want to come across Absolutely as like not. screaming fanboys. We want to have some ob- objectivity. Yeah. But my god, I'm so glad I watched this match. <laughs> I yeah. I, Im- yeah, was, I immediately was... recommended it to a couple of other people. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't get crazy for matches. Don't have to worry about that. But this match is just it's incredible. Um, one thing, another thing. I was wondering if you noticed. Did you see a famous star of the late '90s Attitude Era's finishing maneuver here by its inventor? Did you notice? Uh, you'll have to 
I, it was, they were basically spamming finishers, so <laughs> <laughs> which, is why, which is why it felt so modern. Uh, uh, yeah. Which one? Uh, Yakota. She invented the jackhammer, and she did hit it in this movie. Ah, right. Yeah, yeah. So the the suplex power slam that was a Jaguar Yakota oh. move. Uh, and speaking of a suplex, another thing. The last thing I'll say on this match uh, was when. Asuka gets Jaguar up for a suplex, and instead of giving her a suplex, she walks forward to the end of the ring and just dumps her, just throws her right out onto her head. I mean, I'm sure she protected herself to a degree on the floor. And it's these these are some incredible women. <laughs> it's just, I love this match. I love it. I had to share it. I love it. Yeah, if like I say, if. This isn't one of those matches where you have to go back and accept it for the time, necessarily. I mean, the, right, there right. are elements, obviously, and there's you know, you might have to look up a still image to figure out who is who, like I did uh, initially. Right. Uh, yes. yes. Yeah, and 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 there's got to be allowances for the the type of ring they're in, and the, right, and you know, some of the stylistic stuff is still 1985, but yeah, I mean, you won't see anything closer to a modern New Japan main event than this yeah. from that time period. Yeah. I can't picture it. So uh just a fascinating, you know, uh cultural artifact. Uh it really so is. uh it really yeah, is. it's it's well worth a look. Yeah. And and um, also I love the uh nineteen eighties uh workout gear, um ring gear. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Where they all look like they're in aerobics videos. Yeah, and they've got the they've got the the short hair. Um, yeah, everything. It's 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 very much of its time period in that sense. Speaking one more. Okay, I, I did have one more thing. I'm sorry. <laughs> one more thing. Jaguar's facial expressions are incredible. I just wanted to get that out there. I think that's part of her connection. Why she connected with the crowd so well. Her her facial her facial expressions should be studied by young wrestlers today because they're phenomenal. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, so that out of the way. We're going to wrap this up. Uh, let me check the time here. We've been going about an hour and a half, a little more. So what you can look for here, again, modern wrestling, a lot of stardom, but of course also Tokyo Joshi. Uh, wave. Um which I hope to actually subscribe to soon. Uh, actually, if anybody listens to this and knows uh, what I should pick between Wave and Marvelous, uh, please let me know. Um, Marvelous has people I love like Mio Momono and Ring Katakura and Takumi Aroha, uh, which are fantastic. But then Wave has people like Misaki Ohata, and they're having the... Uh, their their tournament right now um i i want them both but i don't have time for them both i gotta do them maybe in order anyhow we'll also get into some historical stuff here as we did the release frequency is going to be one a month we will occasionally do every two weeks when we have one that we want to just throw in the middle where we want to talk about something for two hours <laughs> or maybe an hour, which brings us to the length. Uh, we're shooting for an hour and a half on these episodes. We don't want to 
We don't want to wear any listeners out. We might go to two hours sometimes. We will do everything in our power to never go over two hours. And uh, I think that's everything. Um, Tom, do you have any uh, social media you want to throw out? Well, I mean, first things first, uh, my other podcast co-host would kill me if I did not mention that this is not my first time doing this. Uh, (laughs) I record a podcast with Kellen Scrivens uh, called Cure for the Common Podcast. It's a 1997 WWF retrospective. That means we watch Raw, Superstars, and Shotgun, and all the pay-per-views for the entire year. We're on about week 36 now. Um... And one of the reasons why uh, myself and Justin want to keep this podcast down to around 90 minutes is that my other podcast is exhaustive. Uh, <laughs> we are infrequent releases, but we, uh, when the episodes come out, they can clock in at a hefty day-filling, you know, uh, large number of hours. I mean, we try to shoot for uh, two hours each time, and then somehow, because, like, there's multiple pay-per-views or uh, episodes of Thursday Raw Thursday or whatever. It t- <laughs> somehow an episode comes out being about eight hours, which <laughs> you you are the Dan Carlin's hardcore history of wrestling podcast. Oh my god, that's the best compliment I've ever gotten. I don't think my parents. <laughs> my, I don't think my parents ever said anything that nice about me. <laughs> that's that's fantastic. I'm I'm, just put, I'm putting that in a plaque. Uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's uh, I, I really enjoyed doing it. I really enjoyed uh, recording with Kellen, and uh, uh, you know we've only got about fifteen weeks or so left. There's a big backlog of episodes uh, to listen to. Uh, people actually listen to them, which is still mind-boggling to me. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but yeah, that's one of the reasons why I wanted to keep this short because I wanted to see if I could do a. Co- podcast that was both fun and concise and 90 minutes is somehow concise for me so uh but, yeah uh, that's that's keeping it short yeah uh but uh yeah if you want to check that out uh my twitter handle uh is rabid stavros 77 not as Justin incorrectly assumed up until now, because I was born in 1977, I was not. I'm not 41. I'm. <laughs> sorry, sorry. I'm, I, I... I'm 34. That's bad enough. <laughs> hey, I, I uh, in about a week, yeah. a week from recording time, I will be 39. <laughs> so I got five years on you. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, so uh, no, that was that's completely random. I, as I like to say, it's because I'm difficult that I keep like have managed to keep that that name active since i was 15 uh in various wow. forms so uh and justin your social media my social media is absolutely on the same wavelength of random uh, my my personal twitter is coffee yay so c-o-f-f-e-e-y-a-y and i i can't remember why i called it that i can only make the logical assumption that it was the morning and I was signing up for Twitter and I was very happy about having coffee. And it was probably after 50 attempts of Twitter handles already being taken that I gave up and just named my account after coffee. (laughs) Um, I do not have another podcast. However, uh, I do have that Twitter. And while I don't tweet much myself, I do like... uh, following some fairly obscure even other Twitter accounts 
and uh, retweeting the more interesting Joshi-related tweets. So if you want a manicured Joshi selection, I'm your Maki guy. Makito Army. <laughs> Makito Respect <Yep>. Army. <laughs> Representing worldwide. Yeah, big big fan of Maki Ito. Uh, she absolutely stole the show when I saw uh, Tokyo Joshi Pro live. So, uh, yeah, yeah. And we'll get into Tokyo Joshi's roster, maybe even in the next episode. We'll, we'll yeah, yeah. They've got a they've got a free show up, which is the show I was at. I am not on camera. I have checked. So, uh, thank you very much, Justin, for this excellently, hopefully, successfully recorded first episode of the show. Um, I look forward to hearing the edited form. Justin will be doing the majority of our editing because I hate editing with the fire of a thousand suns. Uh, (laughs) But uh, yeah, it's been a genuine pleasure to record this. I'm really, really looking forward to where this is going to take us. Uh, Hopefully you guys have enjoyed it too. And we shall hear from you all next time. Thanks for listening. What the fuck is wrong with me? <laughs> oh, Christ. Give, give me a sec. No.